You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. What's it going to be today, fellas? We're going to choose hate. We're going to choose hate. burgers, 55 fries, 50, right? Um, uh, <laughs> We're going to choose violence. Oh, we chose, woke up this morning and chose violence, uh, but not violence towards our sponsors. Thank you to Run for Cover Records, uh, Adult Friend Finder. Mm. Thank you to closed, cas- closed casket activities. Uh, Chatterbait. Thank you to Convulse Records. Uh, 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 Omegle. Mm. And thank you to To Live mm-hmm. a Lie. Um, Come Fiesta. Mm. Perfect. Sponsor interludes. <laughs> um, we're going to keep it tight and swarthy today. Uh, all of these fine, fine record labels have sales or some form of sale something cool is happening at all of them uh go to them runforcoverrecords.com closecasketactivities.com convulserecords.com to live a lie records.com i know it's new podcast tuesday uh you might still be able to sneak in on a sale if you can do it if you can't still buy something um that sentinel sentinel records still hot uh, to Live Alive has a ton of cool stuff in the distro. Close Casket Activity has some new releases. Keep your eyes open. What do you mm-hmm. see? Oh, and you can get that House of Black 12-inch entrance compilation. Um, I believe the fella it's from wrestling. Fight Everyone wrote some writing, wrestling songs. So uh, grab that. And uh, Fight Everyone. And, of course, the uh, the record we talk about all the time here, uh, the Sun June Bad Dream Jaguar LP is still fresh on Run for Cover Records. So check out all those releases and more. Check out the sales. Do it to it. Thank you to our sponsors. We love you all. Guys, how you doing? How you feeling? Million bucks. Billion bucks. A billion bucks? <laughs> no, actually, my back hurts, but my uh, home didn't burn down. And uh, have you guys – I, I want you to try this, Bob. Sure. Uh, say something to your partner today that is really kind but phrased in such a way that it it doesn't seem at all believable or like it would come out of your mouth mm, okay. uh, as as my, as my girl and her son were leaving the house today i said uh you guys are wonderful people and th- they both looked at me like get the not- fuck out of here that's what i was yeah, like, where's, like where's the other shoe here brother I hope it wasn't that. I think it was just so. It's an odd thing to say to people that you that you cohabitate with and you you share a life with. It's like something you might say to someone that is going through something, and you're like, you're like, listen, you're a wonderful person. You can, you can't let this get to you. But instead, it was just me uh, saying, you guys are wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. And the, it, so, uh, to everybody in our listenership, this is the uh, 
uh, uh, malicious kindness challenge. Uh, just s- say something that is objectively nice that you w- would never phrase it that way and is also peculiar and just p- wait for the, the the pause plus a thank you. <laughs> I thought so it was this, really this, fun. This like I'm gonna start. Story. I'm gonna try to work one in every few days. This is like a story of my life. I don't. I, I'm like confused that this is a new concept because because it's something you know. Every day I say you know like oh you know you were. You're everything that's good in this world, and my my and Amanda just looks at me and is like, "All right, cool, <laughs> like good." We'll talk to you and, later. Uh, and and uh, my 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 father's youngest sister relayed a story to me. She's like, "You know, your father and your uncle Ronnie, his younger brother, it's like they just were a lot, Bob. And you know, you just got to remember this in your life. You got to remember this." This was like. I got a text from a number I didn't know. My, my uncle was kind of, he bounced around. Uh, I miss him dearly. Ronnie passed a few years ago. Uh, but he bounced around uh, the New, New Bedford Falls River area. Um, so he had different phones sometimes. And he messaged my, my aunt who lived outside of Providence and was like, Lee, is this your number? It's your brother. She's like, oh, hey, hey, how, how you doing? And she was like, oh, I'd be so much better if I was seeing you with my own eyes than just reading these words or something like that. And that was it for months. <laughs> nothing. And she's like, oh, okay, Ron. Like, where are you? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Cell phone silence. And that was it. And she was like, it wasn't like I knew he was something bad happened. It's just, I was like, okay, all right, he's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I understand this concept. People don't, don't know how to respond to uh, effusive weirdness. So that's fine. Don't worry about it. Try it, everybody. You, you'll you'll get the weirdest looks and uh, understand a sense of of singularity. I remember I, I, a friend of mine in high school. I would always go very sincerely. I would say, "You look really nice today," and it's just I I really I don't know for some whatever reason I enjoy saying really kind things to people. I just like to phrase it in a way that I've got plausible deni- deniability that I was I was doing something fun. Mm. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, we, got, we got <laughs> we got uh, some weird topics today. We got some random questions for you guys. Um, but first, Tom, do you feel like what's your dollar amount? Are you, you you're not at a billion today? What's your dollar amount? Where are you at today? Probably seventy five bucks. Okay. All right. Seventy five. You. Of the three of us, have to deal with a lot of slap happiness, a lot of the nonsense, and we all do. We all, you know, sure. But today, in the spirit of uh, the the holiday season that has hit America as well as Norfolk Island, um, Mm. we're going to think about the things we're grateful for. We're going to talk about that. So we we, like brainstorm on that. Before we get there, I do have some random questions. Some from myself, some from the audience. Are you guys ready? Let's go. What what are hardcore's evolutionary moments? What are moments where hardcore evolved? Because if we take hardcore eighty one to hardcore twenty twenty three, it's evolved a lot. Sure, a lot. What are those moments? Let's try to keep it to a handful, max. Okay, you know what I mean. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start shooting some things out that are not specific and. Tom, if you if if we're doubling up on this question, you you pick the specifics. So, um, 
I would say uh, uh, first major innovation. Uh, it's tough. Well, okay. Roar tape, right? Well, oh, here's what's tough. If we're, if we're saying uh, that uh, bad brands are undeniably first wave, then uh, you're talking about a, a really varied start, right? So uh, if you're 19 right now, and you're into hardcore in 2023, maybe you don't think that, maybe you think that uh, all first wave hardcore is samey and it has a sound, but that's not true at all. Uh, so that makes it difficult to talk about innovation, right? Because you're right, uh, Bad Brains kind of, if Bad Brains were doing things uh, in their era that other bands didn't pick up on for one or two generations later, then who's innovating? Do you, do you know I mean? So uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I was yeah. So let's say first wave. Uh, you're you're talking uh, bad brains, major innovators, but uh, all even the stuff that was musically unsound was still in, innovative at that moment. So I'm going to go one step past that. I'm going to skip ahead if that's all right, Tom, mm. and say. Uh, next, next step would probably, do we give it to basically to youth crew? Do we give it to youth crew with something I'm never want to give it's innovation status, I don't but think I guess, so. well, cause it's not, no, I think they were, evolution. they brought it back. Yeah. Evolution. yeah but I, to me, it doesn't retrospective to me. I think they went back to the antidotes and that kind of stuff. I would think like. I was thinking Chromax, but I was even thinking maybe later on like Judge. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, no, no, no. You, okay, so Chromax is good because let, let's go. Let's say that metal. Let's also say. Let's also say. So, so you're taking it in a few different ways: innovation, etc. I want evolution. Like, what are the steps that took us to get to where we are today? For example, Me, all right, uh, Tom metal, one, right, right. Me, metal we, we, we have gone to metal crossover, but first metal crossover maybe suicidal, maybe Thrasher DRI. You know what I mean? Like. Somewhere in there, maybe COC animosity. You know, we we get that which begets judge. Right? There's an evolutionary point where it's like we get the thrash metal crossover, whatever New York hardcore gets there. But there was a bunch of crossover across the country. Something there, and it's sort of odd, but almost all of the evolution has been towards metal. Am I wrong about this? There's uh, a few splits, and there's some some branches that go in different ways but like if i'm identifying evolutionary points many of them are the ones that point us towards metal because if you went okay i'm gonna say dri crossover then i'm gonna say judge bring it down then i'm gonna say earth crisis destroy the machines like those uh, are all i, 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 I would i would trajectory. i would throw in te- i would throw integrity from the from i would go judge to integrity integrity being the major the kind of 100 well and, and to be honest to me tom correct me integrity is more metal than judge but it's almost in tone and temperament whereas the sound is like and eh, they did solos way better than judge oh yeah, um, yeah like they like metal. they judge with like metallica solos yep 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 okay well there we go <clears throat> so uh bob to your point sorry everybody i'm i'm hyped up it's early and i'm uh, i'm excited uh to, to your point, yes, the arc of history uh, bends towards metal, <laughs> but I think your two major branches. If we're if we're if we're saying that uh, 
there is an evolutionary, if not dead end, then at least um, just a consistent parallel, never, n- never actually innovating, I guess, uh, if we're talking about old school hardcore or or even youth crew as a variation in some ways of that, then the two forks are post-hardcore and metal. Yes. So well, that's so and post-hard, and post-hardcore. Hold on. Let's not answer a question with a question to say yep. post-hardcore. Let's say uh, alternative and metal. So, uh, so here we go. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. Because I believe if you're going to go there, which is where I would also go, Fugazi predates a lot of our quote-unquote post-hardcore talk that we identify the 90s post-hardcore but what predates them is two elements because i actually when i think about it fugazi isn't just like the outstretch of revolution summer stuff you know it isn't the more melodic uh whether they want to say it or not influenced by college rock of the early 80s branch of of hardcore that went more introspective nor is it the more rock tinged look that was you know laughing hyenas uh you see that in some other bands um you see bands go kind of the more noise rock side of things but those things take us out of hardcore right like like uh, does revolution summer have an evolutionary continuation like i guess we could say you get the minor threat 80s, early 80s discord flex your head comp evolves into rights of spring embrace Dagnasty, evolves into moss icon evolves into some of the sit down hardcore of the 90s emo oh, bring back sitting gets down into, man. brings it gets into the screamo era gets us into the sass core of san diego sure does it evolve from there or then does it begin looking backwards uh I think that it then mer- – I, I had a conversation, uh, sh- shout out uh, to the, the Pit uh, metal outlet who asked me questions about comic books the other day. And I brought up a band, uh, the uh, the Callous Dow Boys. You guys are familiar? No, yeah. not familiar. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> All right. So this is, in my view, um, kind of the – post everything if we look at something like cu space cowboy and uh interpret that as sass core through a, a poison the well lens maybe something like that tom does that resonate with you sure sure so it has elements of two things that that ran parallel to each other and if you are uh if you were young when those two things were happening or you're even younger than that and weren't necessarily around for those two things they probably seem like kiss and cousins even though at the time, I can speak from experience. They they did not actually have a ton of crossover at all. So, uh, b- but if you were to, you know, this is how we would all be if we were looking back and we wanted to create what, in our view, was the perfect hardcore band. We would borrow from Bad Brains, and we would we would borrow from, I would borrow from Negative Approach or or Slapshot. Let's say Slapshot. These two things aren't actually terribly sonically similar, uh, but they make perfect sense. Right. So I would, I, I would say, yeah, okay. Let, I'm blending these two things. The, uh, th- this is what bands are doing, going, looking backwards now, but I think the callous Dow boys from my experience, checking them out <clears throat> is doing Tom, would you call it, 
Sascor- I don't know what they're doing. I just know the name. Sascor plus an albatross plus Dillinger. Uh, so it's almost just every challenging thing from from an era thrown into a blender. And then, Bob, you would really enjoy this part. Uh, mm-hmm. They are so post everything that their merch is usually just borrowed uh, logos. So it'll be like, so it, like they'll have a sleeve of the EA sports logo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just, oh, it's literally post. Yeah. It's, it's post post. Right. So, so, so that the, to, to bring this back, I am asking, and this now is going to spur into maybe we do this in a separate way. What are the evolutionary lines of hardcore? I've said something I've always appreciated about Walter Schreifels as an artist is that if you follow his bands, there's a really interesting through line, whether it's intentional, whether it's subconscious, whether it's very um, meticulously done or just kind of like, hey, this is what happened. Weird, interesting, cool. But you can see this flow, you know? It, It would not, it would be for Quicks, if Quicksand came after Rival Schools, it wouldn't make sense, but for Girl Biscuits to happen, and then Moondog, and then Quicksand, and then Rival Schools is like, oh, yes. Yes, it does make sense. Um, but I want to think about those things through the hardcore lens, because what you're t- identifying is when those things kind of come back together like spaghetti in a blender, you know? Which is fine, mm-hmm. and that's kind of interesting, too, because it does that then become a new thing? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's like, no, it's just an ugly version of the old things. Um, I guess that might be the dis- distinction. When it's good, it's a new thing. When it's bad, it's just a bad version of the old things. Um, so I don't think there's any one answer with hardcore. I was thinking, like, if I was, I was listening to something about evolution, um, but if I were to say, what would you identify as the biggest evolutionary movement of hardcore, it would be towards metal sonically. Yeah. You know, there's yes. a million other things, but I think sonically, would you guys both agree with that? Yes, for sure. And that'll take us to another idea. We'll, let's put a pin in that conceptually. Let's create evolutionary charts. Uh, this is our, our homework for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had another question. This one is listener submitted, and I actually thought it was good. Um, they asked, oh, let me pull them up. Hold on. Where are we at? It's about merch after a band no longer exists. Uh, when here it is. should bands still release merch if they're not active? I fall victim to buying it, but just saw a blank post releasing new stuff. Just curious. So, how do you guys feel about that? Should bands still release, do merch drops, merch releases when they're no longer active? Uh, I'm totally unoffended by this. I don't have any problem at all. I think it's tough. Really? I mean, I think it's weird. Really? Tell me more. I don't, I don't understand. I don't blame people for doing it. Like it's it, to me, it's like my, you know, if my band broke up, whatever, like if I was in a band that like did, th- you know, like, and we broke up and like, you know, a year later, people were like making our, making our stuff. My like, oh, that's kind of whack. The band should at least make the money if anybody. 
But like to have like a merch store for a band that doesn't exist anymore. Like, would you buy like a <clears throat> like a I don't know a New York Titans fucking football jersey? So people do. They don't, I guess Mitchell and, Ness, Mitchell and Ness exists for a reason. Yeah, yeah, but that's mostly throwbacks of. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I mean, I don't have a problem to necessarily, but I think it could be weird for bands that like haven't existed in a very long time to have like a merch drop. Like, here's new merch. Yeah, like, yeah I like I, the idea of keeping stuff in print. Yes, like reissuing old designs, kind of like you know, having that you to today fucking fist, you know, yep. in perpetuity. Yep. Like, cool, yep. man, I'm down for that. But like to take the energy and time to like do like a brand new shirt for a band that doesn't exist. I don't know, just feels weird. You fear that they're becoming that it's yeah, at some point you just become a merch company. Yeah, I mean, I don't begrudge anybody doing whatever the fuck they want. I don't give a shit. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's like it just seems weird for like new merch drops. I'm more, I'm more in, of the the mindset to like keep the records and keep like the standards. You know, some kid will buy a fucking a black bold shirt with yellow, you know, with yellow bold. Yeah, the old bars the and the whole thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like in 2023, like those dudes should be the ones making the money and not somebody else. Yeah, I am uh, weirdly for a guy that has a lot of rules about how bands should conduct themselves getting older. I do not really care about this one. I don't care. I guess because I don't care about merch. I just if you, if it's on like an all style sort of shirt uh, and or or. Bob, what's the what's the one that looks kind of like uh is that tri-blend? Oh, the like the soft style stuff? So, soft like it's I I've been buying a lot of these uh you know, they look like um I don't know how to describe it. Uh, whatever. They look they look a little different than than uh flat colored shirts, but mm. they're soft. And if I see some band that I love uh on some merch that I would actually wear, I'll typically buy it. It doesn't matter who it's coming from or whatever. Uh, so I guess I'm, I guess maybe I'm not the guy to talk about this. Cause I don't, I Tom, you have an opinion, but don't care. I, I don't even know if I have an opinion on this one. <laughs> like this, Bob, this you heard like, that first Bob. So we're going to get the end of the year, end of a year merch shop up today. I think I do have full, full permission to do. Oh, that. I mean, listen, uh, Everybody's got permission. It's open source. Make yourself happy. You see that devaluing the uh, the value of, of the things yeah. we do. That's all I do. I, mean, I do think, Bob. What do you do? Like, do you fall on Pat's side or my? Like, like again, no, again it's not like it's, people. It's, the band should make the money, but like new drops feel weird to me. So you, I I love the old design thing, and I think it should be kept because. Okay. Don't particularly care, really. As I think you're in the same place as me, I think we're both in the same place as, as Patrick. On a real level, pulling back, do whatever the hell you want. Okay, you want me to try to care? Here, let's muster it up. Love the idea of old shirts. Love the idea of making new versions, make it accessible, etc. Sometimes, you know, you don't. Maybe somebody wants to make it special or. You know, sometimes it's funny when you remake a tour shirt. I, what did I see recently? It was like a tour '95 shirt that was remade. I'm like, huh, okay. But you know, I say that, and I have a youth crew '88 shirt too. I didn't get it right. in 1988. <laughs> you know, uh, across right. America. But I like the idea of the old designs. You know why? Because it connects with the time and place of those bands, etc. 
when I see new designs by inactive bands, quite often it feels detached and removed from the band and the... Because to me, I look at records and stuff they did as part of an artistic expression. And like, yo, to, to care more about merch than you should, I will say part of me goes, hey, the things they were designing at that time, if they cared, that's kind of cool. Like that's a part of what they were doing right in that moment. When And because I've behind the curtain seen this where literally merch companies will just make designs and send them to 10 bands and go, hey, do you like this design? Do you like this design? Right. We'll just throw your name here. We'll throw your name here. You know what I mean? It, it feels soulless and like not not of the band actually or any sort. But then you got to realize it's just a shirt. There's people like Patrick cares a lot, cares a lot about the music of self-defense family. Is that correct, Patrick? That is correct. If someone made a shirt that was the monkey bent over pulling open its butthole and wrote, this is self-defense family as the t-shirt, you would care how much? Uh, if the if negatives is a metric here, uh, <laughs> correct, correct. So there we go. So sometimes you think about it or care about it more, just on a personal level. I have rarely seen new designs for an inactive band that I thought ripped full. Stop. Oh yeah, very rarely. So if if someone comes up with one that makes that's great, I'm not gonna lie. We're in the weird bootleg era. <sighs> sometimes I see bootleggers make way better designs than the authentic because they care because they love it because they didn't just churn out 15 fucking designs because they're like well here's some shirts for bands that uh sound like hitting other people like cool you know what i mean um so that, that yes so i care and i also don't care um in the way that many of these things should be hope that answers the question i hope you liked the shirts that you saw and you ordered one We'll need some shirts. I got this Convulse Records hoodie right now that I'm wearing. It's nice. great. Um, can I give a Can I give a little uh, a little uh, background or uh, behind the scenes uh, mm. thing happening right now? Uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine works for a, a, like a bigger label than the ones in our world uh, typically, mm. and and uh, he just hit me about uh, Charles Bronson and Spaz, and this is this is. Uh, not a regular hardcore listener. This is a, a fellow that, but it was around for stuff. Like was just an all around music guy. So had some contact with this stuff. Um, but he was, he says, I was listening to Buggin today and it really sent me down a nostalgia hole. I just want wow. to talk about Charles Bronson and spaz with you. And uh, I, what I think is interesting here is that, uh, bug and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to uh gas you up I, I don't know if you'd want to deal with this fella anyway it's whatever but uh i just think it's fascinating that he's not listening to bug because he's a he loves huge, hardcore. yeah he's a huge fan of hardcore he's listening to bug almost certainly because somebody put it in his ear that this is a band that's popping right now and that his rather large label should check it out you know uh what a, i just I don't know. I, for whatever reason, that that is heartening to me because it's like, what a moment that we've been in <laughs> these last few years. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm not saying Buggin doesn't deserve, deserve all the attention in the world. I'm just saying that uh, not not like a massive band 
and still being put on radars right now because uh, people are still very bullish on on hardcore. I, I just think that's a nice thing. So is it a nice thing or is it predatory? Uh, well, great question. The two things coexist. Uh, they do coexist. Uh, th- this is the part that I think people lose all the time is that uh, dealing with labels, uh, unless you set your own terms with uh, ideals like, um, you know, like if, if you're licensing your music to somebody instead of uh, <clears throat> allowing them to purchase it, if you're not going to s- fight to, s- to set your terms in that style, then everything is a trade-off. It's, a, it's all a trade-off on, on what you hand over for what you think is an opportunity. And if you're really rigid about these things, as some people are, and you want you require full ownership of everything, and uh, that's your ideal, then God bless you. But uh, in general, that's not how life works. You, you you typically have trade-offs in all aspects of of your existence, and business is no different. And uh, running a band as a business uh, requires that, yeah, you're going to have to say, I'm willing to give up X to get Y. I think that this is I think this is worth what I'm paying. That's just what it is. So is it uh exploitation? Uh I mean if you don't read your contract, everything's exploitation. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it could be. Tom, is it good? I mean, is my old old man showing, but I would say no. Mm. I think it'll go away just as quickly as it came. Oh, well, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm only interested now because shit's popping right now, but like, yes, I, I, five listen, years I from now, we're not going to be talking about like, I can't believe fucking, you know, such and such is looking at whatever it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be closed casket. It's going to be fucking triple B. It'll be convulsed. It'll be the same bands, you know, the same labels that were around from, you know, for the right reasons, mm. this will be here. Yeah. And these, you know. And I mean, it also, and it happens because as hardcore gets older, hardcore people become successful. Yes, that's true. And get put in spots where, you know, nobody's probably looking at, you know, maybe no major label was looking at killing time in 1988 because mm. there was nobody old enough to be at a major label in 1988. You know what I mean? While nowadays it's like, everybody involved in music, you know, like there's so many people that you realize you're like, Oh, you were like a punk dude or you were a hardcore girl from wherever. Like they've all, you know, converged on LA and New York and you know, I mean, that's cool. I mean, get the money while you can. Well, so that's, that's where it comes down to is, man, we had someone hit us said, we don't grind enough axes. We're too nice. The time when hardcore has gotten so accessible and there's no coincidence uh, you know fuck the fuck off yeah um, we, we 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 do that because we we get money from all the major labels that are- <laughs> that's right yeah thank you mca <laughs> and uh uh virgin uh virgin mega horse those guys um yo so here's the deal the attention is fleeting part of me is so skeptical of it because it makes me think there's even less going on in music right now at large oh but- that's a fact Full stop. That makes me go, wow, that's super fucking gross and a bummer. Because healthy healthy music world isn't one where people are going, let's check out these bands where people are hitting each other in VFW halls. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I fuck with it. <laughs> Not everybody. Um, and so in the same moment, 
we we largely like you know there's the good and bad like when you see the person succeeding do you say fuck them they shouldn't be they shouldn't be getting the bag or do you go you know what they're working really hard all right i don't want to begrudge them this because of some full transparency old ethos maybe old rules if we say it the way we really should at the same time there's elements in my brain that go yo but that's that's a lot of what i appreciated about some of this music you know like the the idea that it was the other not a minor league and certainly there's some bands who are treating it like it's a minor league and there's bands who are treating it like shit we're getting an opportunity fuck it we want to do this we have a chance to do this let's go for it and not compromising their creative expression fuck it man that's cool i'm not against that but like spades a spade yeah it's predatory it's it's finite (laughs) and uh it's more indicative of how bad music is at large right now and how shitting their pants every major label etc is about what's gonna actually be the next thing like what is the next music thing fucking ai music bro like people have no clue what the hell's the next thing and the prospects are dim uh you know i was i was just trying to be happy for bugging but i i i guess that's uh <laughs> yo i'm happy I, for oh no bugging get that uh, yeah, put them in touch. I know. Uh, I think Buggin has actual cool mosh parts. You know what I mean? Like, I think they can have. for them. If they get money for making music, they absolutely fucking should. Listen, you guys, I'll, t- I'll tell Buggin to give the money back. Uh, I'll tell you, give, you, the, give it back. Give it back. Uh, no, listen, I, I, uh, I've been the Michael Burry of this era, and people hate it. People are like, yo, why are you trying to shit on a good time? Uh, please. <laughs> Like I, I get it, uh, but uh, you know I also think that I use a, a million times. We've talked about, uh, God damn it! What is it, Tom? Is it East West? What what, what, what was uh, like sick of it all was on East West. Sick of it all. So, so it was East West though, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so I've talked about it a million times. That sick of it all enjoyed a longer career. Enjoys a longer career than many of their contemporaries uh, in no small part because they got pushed for one record and they were pushed intelligently to people that would want sick of it all. Uh, But here's the problem. Yes. With that, which I totally get and I agree hundred percent. Sick of it all going to East West was like the next logical step. Okay. There is no like now. It's like I feel like the major labels are like looking for like baby bands. Oh yeah. Okay. That's yes. They yes. haven't even put out a couple, an LP or two that like are smart. Like it's just like they're trying to get in on the ground floor on a lot of stuff. Like sick of it always just like you know or sheer terror like AF. It was like so much. They were like yeah, we can only do so much here. What do we do? We go to MCA. We go to East West. Whatever. Right. AF never signed to a major, did they, Bob? Uh no, I, think. I mean like combat or whatever, but I don't know if no, that's considered. no, no. I mean, well, subsidiary, but um, that's the biggest they signed to. Until I mean, until Epitaph, sure, you know, right. So I mean, Epitaph's a major for all that's and purposes. Yeah, I mean, like, indie, but yeah, 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 is a bigger. Um, than, you know what I mean? But like, those are like the next logical steps for all these bands. You know what I mean? Like, if fucking 
you know, the next incendiary record came out on a major, you'd go, ah, that makes sense. Because, well, like, that's the next, or, you know, like, the next Knocked Loose is on fucking Sony, whatever. The, I mean, I don't, I don't sure, know. Like, right. Polygram? Is that a thing anymore? I don't even know. Like, if they, because it's like, oh, well, that's the next logical thing. Well, and, but I and, think a lot of it's now, like, you know, I mean, I guess it's equivalent of being like, you know, Nirvana happened and then everybody, you know, came running to Seattle with, you know, a contract and a pen in their hand looking for anybody to do that. Sure. And it's like everyone's looking for the next turnstile. Well, yep, yep, yep. And look, turnstile is bigger than most hardcore things we can think of, full stop, right? And seeing them play these giant, giant venues and doing what well, like not not playing to a bunch of people but playing to a bunch of people who are there and excited to see turnstile it's fucking crazy yeah let's, let's talk about very briefly everybody this is not to shit on anybody there's a huge difference between turnstile playing to their fans yeah in, in 3000 cap rooms versus any band, mine included, playing equally sized rooms as a support that people might not even be interested in. There's just, it's a, they're not the same thing. Well, and and like, let's, 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 yeah. And and where I was going was to say drug church on streams. And we, we can talk about attendance. Are you drug church is maybe one sixth Maybe one tenth the size of Turnstile. Yeah, maybe one tenth, somewhere in there, right? And that's that's no diss. Drug Church is doing well. You guys are dope. Turnstile's doing very much. I'm very much at peace with that. Turnstile's doing wild good. Yo, they're at like one point two mil streams. That's a lot of streams in major music, like in pop music, like successful pop music. That doesn't register, folks. That's not. That's not a big deal. No. this is tales out of school a tiny bit. Yes, I'm um, sure. The uh, had a conversation with somebody yesterday. A uh, band that they represent does four million streams a month. Right. Is dis is very dissatisfied with that number. <laughs> so, so it's like th- there's there's different games being played here. You know and what I mean? Think like, about it, it, the weirdness and how dire things are that people are looking for the next turnstile with the hope that it could be hopefully maybe like, yo, if, if you were trying to get the next hundred dollar bill, you wouldn't be mad at getting a $50 bill. You'd be like, ah, okay. I got halfway. You'd be like, uh, I only got a $1 bill. Ah, okay. But like if turnstile is the, wow, it'd be amazing if we could sign the next turnstile. You're not expecting the 1.2 million streams a month. You're, you're saying, you know, if we could get a, a version of that, that'd be great. And that's the crazy thing if you want to look at this and and be cynical because I'm cynical as fuck about this. I think it's, I'm jaded about it. I think it's ugly. I think it's gross. I hate the major level label kind of vulturing on it. However, on the flip side, I, I love, capital L, love creative people being able to do what they want and put a plate of food on the front of themselves for it. And it puts you in a weird place to have to fret with that. And I'm certainly not going to be the one who says, no, no, turn that down. 
don't do that tour. You know what I mean? Like, like, do you guys, you guys feel that? Yeah. You know what? I, I don't, let me preface this by saying I was a grown man when I signed my most recent record contract, right? Like mm. I, I, maybe it's different. Maybe, maybe if I was <clears throat> a younger fella, uh, I would walk out of certain circumstances feeling exploited. Maybe, mm. you know, but I just don't have this. Uh, it's not repellent to me that these bigger labels get involved just because I think it is a hundred percent as transitory as you believe it is. It's it, mm. it, however, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In, I think we're post the moment where that's going to hurt your cred. And Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, for, and all, thi- all other things being equal, it's – I mean – I was not even a no warning fan of any stripe when they went with the, the whatever, like the Lincoln Major. Park label or whatever Machine it was. Workshop, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I was Shop, offended. Yeah. I was offended. I want you to think about how d- different know, an error it, it would be that, that me. <laughs> like, like, like I've z- never. Zero cards on the no warning table. Yeah. Yeah. Zero card, And not just that, but also I don't know that I was ever. Uh, ever like the basement or die motherfucker. You, you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. think that I, I don't think I ever had a, a, a about face on that. I think I've always just thought music finds its level. If you're making something that enough people like it, it'll, you know, it, 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 some people will like it. You will have an audience, <clears throat> but, sure. uh, and then there's other things, there's things that, that can, maximize your your opportunities and things that can minimize them but but you know you if you're doing something people like then good luck but um i think that era is dead uh, we've all agreed on that so with that in mind you know look if it doesn't work out i've said it before the less than jake model is the is the best model in my opinion and i say this as a guy who's <laughs> i'm i i personally i we we talk about death wish but we don't I don't give. I don't put my cards on the table with it very often. I owe Death Wish a ton. I think Death Wish sure. were, were good to my band. Oh, yeah. I, I think oh, yeah. that uh, I, I'm happy for that association. And uh, if they can make any money off my band moving forward with a shirt or a reissue or anything, then I'm very happy for that. I, and uh, they are also I'm, included in the anyone can make a shirt for my bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely included. Um, and uh, run for cover, you know, mm-hmm. self-defense mm-hmm. got records coming out. So I, I've been in contact with those fellas and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's all love. I, I, I really, I, I'm a guy who's more loyal maybe than, than a lot of dudes out here. But I think the, the less than Jake model is the model. You, you, you take the, you take the money or opportunities that you think are best with the understanding that your band may very well outlive all of the labels that you ever go on. And it's, there's no, 
avarice. There's no malice. There's no, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, this is cool. We, we did something great together. All right. You know, and, and Johnny quest might still think you're sellouts, you know? What I mean? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you understand what I mean? That, that it's a, uh, I don't have these feelings of, Hey, we don't want, we don't want this uh, bigger element in hardcore because, uh, all right. Well, you know what? If uh, if it comes oh, and it goes, it's it, in some respects, it's just another label. Um, Tom, do you do you you know what I mean? Like, do, and Patrick, I'm going to ask you this: the uh, uh, keep hardcore in the streets, keep big out of big business, and in the streets where it belongs. Mm. Do I? Do I? You feel uh, that? Patrick's saying he doesn't feel that. He's saying he I mean, wants I, big business. I mean, I, you know, new drugs are out on Amazon.com soon. Seriously. Um, <laughs> Bezos records. <laughs> I would probably say I probably do pre- subscribe to that philosophy, mm. but I don't get mad at bands like that. Like, you know, I don't blame you for one. I make making music as a career is pretty sick. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like if you can do that, you know what I mean? And it's and people have different situations. You know what I mean? Like okay. you can't you can't make music at, for a living and live in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, fucking Jackson Hole. Unless you really and live by yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have like your you band know, like, better be doing real well. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you you know, if if and you know, if you're in somewhere that you can afford to kind of like play punk or hardcore or metal or whatever and live in a place that's like not disgustingly unaffordable, that's dope. But like, I feel like, you know, if, if you know, to me, I feel like punk and hardcore, like the reason why I gravitated to it because it was went, it was away from like the normal everyday bullshit that like the people I don't really like kind of gravitate to. So I go to the, I went the opposite way. But when I can, you know, like when some schmuck, you know, that likes, you know, fucking chain smokers and also is like, have you heard this fucking turnstile band? It makes me want to fucking kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's probably not the nicest thing to say. But no, 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 it's fine. We know whatever. But I don't mean I don't. I hate saying that term. Yeah. Oh no, fuck chain smokers. Chain smokers can suck a dick. I'm just saying, like, oh, like kill yourself thing is not a nice thing. Oh, sure. But I think we know. But like just being like, you know, like there's like randos that like that's their, you know. At least I mean, if I on a tangent, if I can, please, please. If Turnstile is like the randos version of hardcore, that's fucking awesome. That's what I say. Sure. Listen, yeah. everyone that I know that knows those folks, they're like, dude, they're all fucking aces. They're all great dudes. Like, I'd rather it be that like than when I was younger. When you're like, what kind of music you play? Like, hardcore, like, like Marilyn Manson, <laughs> like right. bio, like it's like not even bio. Bio, bio like, wasn't oh, big like, enough. If you went up to some some randoms like, oh, you're you were in a hardcore band, indecision. Oh, what's that like? And you're like, oh, it's like a hardcore band. They're like, oh, like Turnstile. You'd be like, well, not exactly, but yeah, you know, you wouldn't be cool. Wouldn't yeah, be I'd bad. be cool yeah. with that. Like, yeah. yeah, like back then, it'd be like, what is it? Like, kill your mother, kill your father. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but like, if Turnstile is the representative of hardcore to like the general public, mm. we can all do much worse. True. I, I, I was sitting next to my ten year old stepson. Uh, he was playing Roblox. I was playing uh, a computer game. <clears throat> this was before he went to school this morning. Mm. And he's singing Turnstile 
the song Generator, right? The Don't Waste yep. My Time song. And I look at him and I'm just thinking, you know, look, I'm sure that some fucking prick has a problem with Turnstile being so accessible that mm. a 10 year old, it's stuck in a 10 year old's head the way that, you know, uh, the songs on Fortnite are stuck in his head. But yep. I don't got time for that because I think it's lit. I think that it's, it's, I think it's my 10 year old also likes Fort, uh, also likes turnstile and it's cool. Cool. (laughs) Like I'm not mad. Um, now do I think that there's, that there's a converse? I would, I would entertain the conversation, I guess, if somebody thought that, uh, hardcore, that the turnstile is cool. No, no, no anger there. However, if this person thought hardcore to be hardcore has to be more difficult than that, has to be abrasive in a way that, that I would, I'm open to that conversation. I just don't want to hear it through the lens of uh, fuck turnstile for, for being likable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm right. just, I'm, that's the part I'm not open to. Well, and, and I mean, <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really tough space to be in in the question of like who determines what is hardcore and what is not. And I, I guarantee there's people in this audience, there's people listening right now who hear us glazing over the like, well, yeah, we all agreed that, uh, you know, we're past the point of caring that like a, a band signs to a major label. There's still somebody out there going, wait a second. No, that sucks. That's not what this is about, you know? And I don't want to make it seem like they're silenced. I, I mean... Yo, I think if that's an element out there, push the fuck back louder. Let's hear that. I'm not saying I'm going to subscribe to that, but I'm ready for that conversation because right. it, is, like, it, it is, you know what I mean? Like that's if you, f- if you feel that way and you can express it without sounding like a fucking little dick hater, then oh, exactly without being like, well, I just think that band sucks. So whatever, you know, like who cares? I mean, when was the last time you, you guys heard me get mad about, you know, somebody's opinion on this sort of shit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all good. Everybody like if, if you don't express yourself like a, like a dickhead, it's, it's not going to be a problem almost for anybody. Almost. There's going to be somebody on Twitter that takes you out of, in the wrong spirit, of course. But, um, I just wanted to say, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not going to share anybody's name cause I don't know if he'd be comfortable, but a, a uh, uh, somebody who listens to our podcast, who is in a really good band who, uh, by Bay virtue of, of their lifestyle, which is, uh, living in a major metropolis that's incredibly expensive uh, can't be as full time as they would like. But we were talking about: is it going to like? Can we figure out a way to get them on a drug church tour for some small stretch, whatever? And we were just shooting the shit about it. And I, you know, uh, because I'm not giving him his name, I'll I'll, I'll quote a little bit. Um, <clears throat> he says uh, uh, he he used to feel real guilt about not being able to, to, to go out and do the, cause he's, I don't know, he's got to be in his thirties. Right. So, so he's still of a generation where touring was the ideal. If you were in a band, that was the the thing. Right. Right. And, uh, he says that he used to feel real guilt about the fact that he's in a band that he loves that doesn't get to tour all the time because everybody is in their mid thirties and, and serious about their lives and and all that. And uh, he says, but Brendan from incendiary had some great quotes and interviews like 
I do what I can for my art, but I'm not going to be 35 and living in my parents' basement. And that made me feel a lot better. And it, uh, and it, it, it basically, I just thought it was interesting that, uh, we talk about the incendiary effect, like being a band that can, uh, still make be a factor and make a mark on, on a style of music no and question. be, and be somebody's favorite band and, uh, but not do the heavy duty touring thing and how that's probably is a model for a lot of people. And I just thought it was interesting to see that expressed from somebody who incendiary is a literal inspiration in that respect. You know I mean? It's not like the vibe of incendiary, like filtered down to somebody it's no, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling great about the fact that I can't do as much as I, as I want in this thing. And then somebody I respect said, no, I do as much as I can and no more. You know I mean? I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm here to express myself and, and have a good time. I'm, I'm not here to put my family into poverty to, to chase a, a, an, an out, largely outdated idea. I'm, I, I'm putting words in, uh, in Brendan's mouth now, but the, uh, I just thought, I don't know. Uh, do you guys ever see something that we talk about kind of put into words and you go, Oh yeah, right. Okay. Not crazy. It's yeah. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. That's, that's the thing that I, I, I hope people can vibe on it because it's like, Oh, that's, that's where we're at. And it's, Look, the biggest takeaway from all this to me is the idea, whether it was the question before about an inactive band making merch uh, or or the, the major label coming in and poaching on hunting for hardcore bands because it's the only viable fucking guitar music in the world at this point. If someone can create and do a cool-ass thing, and someone else finds it worth their time to throw them some some change in the hat, and that makes it it enables them a better quality of life, enables them to continue doing that cool thing. The three of us have talked about this a lot. <clears throat> There's a real joy in being able to watch a creative endeavor continue and extend into maybe to its logical end, maybe to beyond it it empties into fun what ifs, but like, yo, recently we've been able to see bands extend their lifespans and continue to create shit. And like, if a band like mind force started in 2003, do I think they're two full lengths and at least another full length and a half of material deep into their career? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe I would pray. Yes. But the climate changed in a way that allows them as folks, as people, their lives, they're able to continue with their lives and also do a band and make it work and balance that and go, yo, this is cool. You know, like there's always those questions like, what would the second Gorilla Biscuits LP sound like? What would the second Floor Punch LP sound like? Millions of these things. Yo, it wasn't viable for those bands to keep creating for whatever reasons. But now more than in the past, we're able to see that. I think it's cool. I think that stuff's cool and seeing it play out both directly and indirectly is fucking really awesome. Like that's one of the positives and that's to get into another tangent, but in the spirit of the holidays, so things that we're thankful for, grateful for, appreciate about hardcore in this moment is that getting to see bands extend their lifespan, keep making cool stuff. Like 
uh, example from a few years ago, that tragedy, Fury 12-inch was fucking awesome. Their best work in 15 years. Uh, Hope Conspiracy just put out a new EP the other day. Oh, I haven't listened to it yet. It's oh. good. It's good. If you like Hope I, I, Conspiracy, you'll like it. You know. I just want to say on a recent Patreon, I, I said that I, uh, despite being bands that I like and uh, friends, I had not listened to the, the new Spiritual Cramp or Angel Dust yet. And I uh, rectified that yesterday. And I urge everybody to do the same. Yeah. Like, anyways, like how many... Are we on LP five for Angel Dust? It might be. That's wow. fucking impressive. You know what I mean? I don't know if that happens twenty years ago. I just don't know if that kind of energy surrounds the world that enables a dude like Justice to keep his thing going, and like yo, some some agency to that dude who's just a prolific musician. Maybe that dude finds a way, but that's not the truth for a lot of people. It's just not the truth for a lot of folks. So uh, it's impressive, and it's something that I admire about what's going on. And if that means there's some funny money being floated into the water, okay, fine. Yeah. So, so we've all come around that that we we will take uh, the the Sultan of uh, Brunei's uh, uh, murder money. Is that, is, we've you guys are now convinced. No problem. Too far, but. Tom. Have you seen that? Have you seen that stuff, Tom? About uh, about the soccer, uh, football games, matches in like Saudi Arabia, where it's like, yeah, hundreds of people are showing up in these giant stadiums, where real players are being paid huge money to come, but like they're basically playing to empty, you know stadiums oh no um, yeah 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 but it's just kind of like hey they got all this money so it's like yeah let's see let's do this why not who cares it's almost just like a glamour like okay whatever you know um, all right well that goes back to like dude, would you rather like you know make a lot of money and play in front of nobody or make less money and have rowdy crowds mm. every night uh pat patty knows the answer uh <laughs> patty would rather get rowdy patty's leaving money on the table Yo, here's a question. Uh, going to get divorced you. before he gets married because he's leaving money. <laughs> he's leaving house money on the table. Oh, yeah, actually, speaking of Patrick, kill the fruit flies. I know it, it's against your your body. Kill the fruit flies. No, I I, I waited them They're out. The I can't. Yeah. I can't kill. I mean, look. I'm just saying. It's it's a arduous battle against them. They will be back. <sighs> Maybe the fire. That's what came. The fire swept them away. Um, Tom. And Patrick, you've been in bands. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> would every band member you've been in, would every band member that you've been in a band, don't need to name names, agree with your statement? I would rather the smaller payday and the funner show. No. Patrick? Um, yes, 100%. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Did we just find a moment where Patrick was rosier and more optimistic about the world than Tom? Jesus. <laughs> I just know some of the people like I just know people that have been in, in the band that I'm like, oh, you don't I mean like you don't you don't you don't feel the same way in the live setting that I do. Right, right. Like Pat I mean, Pat knows as well. Like, you know what sucks? Playing a song that nobody gives a shit about. 
Oh yeah. Right. Then it feels like the song's twelve minutes long. Right. Yes. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but like, if you're a drummer, bassist, guitar player, you can fucking close your eyes. You can noodle. You can turn around. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're out there, it's pretty fucking shitty. So if you were like, yo, you take half the money, but it'll be double the crowd. Sign me up. Hell yeah. That's the right energy. Double the interest. Um, cr- you know what I mean? Like, No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it makes a difference. We're playing this weekend, right? And we're figuring out like what that'll do. Like maybe add some different songs with all this sort of stuff. And, like we practiced a bunch of songs that we literally hadn't played since like probably 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool now. Right. But we knew two of these songs that are on a record that everyone swears is like their favorite hardcore record ever. And then we play them and they act like they're brand new songs. Yeah, I'm going to fucking take a hostage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like track 10 on Unorthodox, people go, what song is this? Uh-huh. Well, you know what I mean? I, I, so I'm not trying to go out there and like do some deep cuts in front of fucking, you know, the sound majority show is going to be like 1300 people. I'm not trying to be like, so, uh. When was the last time you guys actually listened to this record? So here's this some one's deep new, cuts. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just do fucking 10 hits and get the fuck out of there. No. Oh, speaking of this, guys, I just got the... So here's... here's. Uh, I think one of our agents listens to this, so um, here we go. Uh, I, I just got this morning, and just clicked it open now, um, the feedback on our notes for venues. So th- there's a document that mm. I I may or may not have shown you fellas this document. I'll send it no, to you now if, yeah, if you yeah. care to look. Um, sure. It's the venues that our agents wanted us to play and then our note on, on our next album uh, tour and then uh, album release tour and then our notes on why we don't want to do those venues. And... Mm. <laughs> Uh, they're they're so we, excited for this back and forth. They're like, this is exactly what we wanted. Yes. Right, right. And now we have their notes on our notes. So that in that's a... It's just the middle the finger G- guy emoji over and over that's and over. The, the, column J, gentlemen, is <laughs> is their notes on, on our notes. And you can see this in real time that, okay, venue in town X, uh, uh, 750 cap. Uh, no, uh, we don't want our notes are, it's got a barrier. Prefer to go barrier, DIY. Go DIY. Yep. And then I, I prefer the other one. Where was that? And, um, I'm not going to name the venue, but, uh, DC notes. It just says ass venue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think everything I, says smaller, please. Uh, it looks like somebody erased. Oh no. Okay. Um, so there's one where I said rather have day off or go to prison. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, so everybody, if you own a venue, I don't pre, I don't suppose that, that drug church is such a big band that you need our business. But if, if you just run an ass fucking venue, eventually the bands get tired of it. You know, they, they just eventually make a note to their agent and go, yeah, brother, I, I I just can't do it again. It's, it's too ass. There's one venue. I, uh, I almost want to air it out because it's so bad that I feel radical change needs to happen and it only could happen through shame. But why do you hate it? There's one venue that was so fucking bad that, and it's in a town that knows that there is no other in this town. There are two options for small room bands. 
And if for, I think the other one might be closed for renovations. So this one just has a lock on 200 cap room in this city, nothing else going. And Mm. it is malicious how bad a venue it is. (laughs) Fucking terrible. Can't do the basic things of a venue. (laughs) Made me mad as piss. The guys noticed a vibe shift in me where I, I'm Mr. Like, I'm, I make jokes about every venue, but I'm not ever trying to be negative in a way that, you know, th- that actually affects anybody. D- I did not hide my displeasure <laughs> when I walked to this spot. Snobby as fuck. Anyway, uh, do you see like Colin? Bad, yeah, bad, bad Wi-Fi? Like, what's the deal? Um, aside from having one of the worstly, most poorly laid out uh, rooms that I've ever encountered – uh, it, it, it also, the green room was in such a depressing state and everybody, so that you don't think Patty's fancy. I've eaten the, the ketchup sandwiches in, in a leaking room plenty of times. I'm not above shit. If you give me Wi-Fi, I can make anything work, but this was so discouraging as a place yeah, like you ever walk into a spot and go, ah, God, God damn it. God yes. damn it. <laughs> That's how I felt walking into this fucking dump that I hope that it's nobody's dream. I hope it's just a cash thing because I hope your shit burns down. <laughs> it fucking God sucks. Damn, dude. But all right, Tom, regarding what we were just talking about, leaving money on the table. Yes. Do you see column J? Column J. Let me see. Let me pull this up. Um, I'm so H-I-J. impressed with your Excel uh, yes. usage here, buddy. Thank this you. Is like, so your, really yeah, adult your this is really adult shit. Yeah. So uh, you can see the responses from our agent. Your agent, right. Yep. And do you see how many of them are, we cannot make financial sense of this? Yes. 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 <laughs> Most. So, um, yeah. In some places, the barriers are, are no-go. Um, look at how bummed. Look at how fucking bummed he is. He's not even hiding his bummness. He gets bummness. more bummed as you scroll down. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he says, look at his one for, for Boston. Look. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That, that's, that's the one where you can That's an agent who wants to, he wants to lose us as a client today. I don't even want to be here anymore is that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, get when you get to the bottom, the last two responses are nah, and this won't make sense anymore. That last line feels like a breakup line. It feels like a breakup line. It's like it's like we tried our best, but like it just doesn't make sense anymore. We go this isn't way. working. Yeah, that's the this isn't working text and nothing else. Man, I love your band, but god damn, you guys have to be fucking assholes to deal with. Yeah. I mean, look. Everyone else is just trying to go on for the next thing, and Pat's like, "I'm trying to get sweated on." Did you read column I? Um, did did does this fella have folks in your band? He can con- like console him. Like, does he have somebody in the band who's like, "No, no, yeah, I know, Patrick. Uh, we'll find a middle ground." You know what I mean? Does he have a consigliere? Uh, well, our manager is is massaging these as best as possible. Um, I think I, I think we used more colorful language in the original DC notes uh, part. Mm -hmm. So 
I think he is, uh, you know, our manager, I think is doing his best to, to, you know, <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want to be, cause I, there's a part of me that feels for, uh, the, the biz side of these folks. The real deal is you've got to do what people should be doing, what the band wants to do, even in spite of their best growth opportunities. Yeah, it's like everybody, every, but it's, uh, Bob, you've seen this firsthand. It, it's people looking in the eye go, all right, if that's what you want to do. And you can see that the fact that we just left two grand on the table is <laughs> just so discouraging for someone who makes their money on your money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, impossibly frustrating because they're working on it. Literally, they're working on a document that is asking them to make less money, and they're spending time uh, uh, well, as they're doing it. There's a good. Let's go one step. Still, let's go one step further. Some of these, some of these lower paying options that we're insisting on are yeah. also bigger hassles. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want you to do more work, please. Yes. Could you do more work for less money? Is what we're asking of this person, and it, <laughs> I don't, bl- I don't blame, I don't blame him for being agitated. <laughs> I might have to send him a gift basket after reading those comments, but it's, uh, I don't blame him. Drug I mean, new, new album in twenty twenty four were intentionally difficult. LPCD yeah. coming on, yeah, pure noise. Obtuse double LP coming soon. <laughs> Obtuse is a very good LP name. Yeah, but. we might use that at some point. Yeah. All right, good night. I mean, look at some of these things. Man. Like, there's one. Oh. One place that is on your list, Pat, that I think you'd probably hate, but if I had my druthers, I would love to see Drug Church play. Mm-hmm. The Garden Amp in Garden Grove, California. Uh, I do not know it off the top of my head. It's an outdoor venue. Uh-oh. I think it's like a thousand cap. Mm. Front of the front of the room, probably 300 cap dance floor maybe. And then it's an amphitheater where you can sit. Oh, I like that. <clears throat> so if From what you I've guys heard is the and, sound is good too. Yeah, that was where the uh, that indecision thirty with Unbroken and Undertow and everybody was, um, and they have shows there like kind of all the time, all the like the crazy like GB shows and stuff you've seen in California. They've been there. Okay, so people definitely have fun, but but the idea of like yeah, so like it goes up. There's probably six seven hundred seats there too. Wow did did uh do you see the note on that one? If if the second the combo yeah if the combo happens that'll be a great show <clears throat> and that would easily pack that place out yeah that'd be cool um uh, can I ask you guys uh, uh, Tom this is a place Patty Coachella over here yeah it, it, this is a place that you've been a lot of times uh, a I was talking not to my agent but to an agent friend saying. Yeah, we're going to bigger rooms and whatever, but I'm I'm leery of some of them. And uh, we started talking about New York venues, and yeah. uh, we uh, we were talking about. I guess um, he asked where the uh, uh, Alkaline Trio show was going, and 
I, he, we start talking about knockdown center, a thing that I don't yes. know anything. I don't know anything about. Um, Giant room. Well, he said, everybody, this is a, not my agent. <laughs> this is a friend who said, yeah, I hate sending things there because the nearest train is a bus ride away. And it's such a massive inconvenience that you're doing like half the month, half the tickets that you would do for a venue that size versus going in the city and making things convenient. Is that someone who is very removed from a thing or is, is that a fact in your experience, Tom? It, it is kind of far removed. Mm. It's in like Ridgewood Glendale area. Pretty the area. venue is awesome. Pretty area. It's a giant, like, yeah. It looks like every place you played in, like, Germany. Okay. Where you're like, oh, this is like an industrial, like, warehouse that they just changed over to, like, a youth center. Oh, gotcha. That this is like. So it's in it's in a neighborhood. Okay. So if you drive, like, you're also vying for parking with everybody who already lives there. Mm. And, you know, but this place itself and its expanse, like, they, the stage can move so it can like vary between, you know. So is it I mean, good or is it, good. it, what's your, what's your final analysis of the place? Um, my final analysis is one of my best friend's books there. So I don't want to say too much. Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's, I mean, I think it's a cool venue and I think certain shows and I think this is one of them, people will find their way there. So that was will my, be the first that was time my attitude ever- on it, but, but I guess it's. You know, I, I guess location does matter, right? Particularly for New Yorkers, the majority of actual New Yorkers not owning a car. So I, I guess that does matter. But I mean, a lot of people also live for, close enough, like, to the place that, like, hopping on a bus or walking for 15 minutes is not going to be the be all end all. You know what I mean? Mm. So let's see. Um, give me one second. I'm going to do a little. Uh, He's doing some reconnaissance here for us, okay. folks. All right. Um, All right. So it's a 15 minute walk from the Jefferson L. Oh, see, I, if, unless it's February, that's fine. Right. And then there's one, two, three, four buses that stop right outside. You know what? Getting a New Yorker on a bus is not easy, man. It's, it, dude, I fuck with buses all the time, man. I think I think you're the exception. I think buses in New York and LA, when you talk to people about them, they act like, and these are people that'll take the subway every day. But if you suggest a bus, they act like you're like a, like you have some like a mental derangement of some type and you're trying to like uh, get them in a cult. You know, given like the same, if it's like the same route and even if it's 15 minutes longer for a bus, bus all day. Oh, I mean, listen, I agree with you, but I think we're the odd men out here. Um, so but yeah, I think, you know, it's certain show, you know I mean? Like, I mean, I went to fucking Citizen Fiddlehead there on like a Thursday or something, and it was yeah. fucking mobbed. So, like, you build it, people will find their way there. People will find their way there. How this many isn't times? some no no name anything. You know what I mean? This knockdown center has been established, and there's no comparable size. Like, where are you doing that in, in New York? I don't know. What did you say the room cap was? I mean, it goes up to like I think it's like almost like I don't know. I, uh, Three thousand, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's a big room. Um, it's scale, so, you know. Which is you know, which is great because then it's like if you do two thousand, you move stay uh, stage up a little bit, you look like world beaters. But like the only other places are like this Hammerstein Ballroom, mm-hmm. 
right? Which is like 35, I think. And that's got two balconies, which is fucking crazy, you know, which is actually the last time I saw Alkaline Trio was there with Bad Religion. Um, there's Terminal 5, which is a different booking agent, booking like um, program or whatever the fuck. That's like 38. You've played there. People hate it. Uh, yeah, they hate it. I don't know why. I like it fine. Um, I don't mind it, but a lot of people hate that place. But other than that, like unless you're gonna do like three nights at Irving or two nights at Irving, or see, you know, that's what interests me. But, that's what interests me. But as you can see in the notes from my very sad booking agent, uh, he's not a fan of two nights in places because I would do, I would just do four nights at uh, at, uh, at Vitus. You know what I mean? I just say, well, let's just keep doing it. Let's just take a week off of the tour. And as long as we can fill Vitus, we'll just keep pl- adding shows. That, that's the sort of shit that I like to do. But uh, as you can see from his. Fucking Billy Joel over here. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. You know, they're going to hang my jersey. They're going to hang my jersey. I was just going to say that. Like a, <laughs> your dirty yuppicide shirt in the fucking rafters are fucking. So, um, but so monetarily, though. Sorry, everybody. We're like, yeah, this is the part money. that's interesting. Yes, please. Thank you. Like we always talk because we talked about I think this with Castillo and we would be like, you know, how the fuck do you get, you know, obituary to play your 250 cap when they usually play a 700 somewhere else in New York or 800, whatever the fuck. And they're like, oh, well, they, they get the door. They get this or whatever. Like if you would were to do like, you know, X amount like night stands in every place, like you might have to fucking your tour might be twice as long. But if you did. Three shows in LA at 400 caps rather than one show at a thousand cap. Yep. What's the difference ultimately? Like, in the like, how much is the difference in the money? See, that's what I, I don't know. I thought we could find comparable money, but I'm reading this note that's basically like, no. Um, I don't know what the additional expenses are here. I don't know why they can't be uh, negotiated into non expenses if we're going to be filling the room. So I, I don't, I, Tom, to answer your question, I don't understand. We, we could have, uh, my booking agents on, but I think that they, uh, they might they do quit. like a Bud Dwyer on, on the middle of our fucking podcast. Like, I'm always curious to see like, Oh, like you see these bands that are like doing like quote unquote underplays. And I'm like, is this worth it? Like if you're, you know, like, are you making enough money? You just have to play twice, but like, that's not a problem for you. But like, I mean, it'll also, I mean, you're not going to play twice everywhere. You're not playing twice in fucking no. Columbus, Ohio. No, but the LA's, the Chicago's, the the New York's. Yeah, I mean, I that's else, what. Where I, else I, are you on in Boston? Maybe as you can see, that's what I really wanted to do in Chicago. That's what I. But it's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll have to talk to. I'll have to talk to our agent who seems. Uh, Bob, how do you like? How do you like the note on Philadelphia, <laughs> where he just says, he gives a like we say anything smaller worth exploring is our note, and. His his response is the name of the venue, I suppose. Yeah. How bad is I? Because Bob, you are that you are yeah. not unaccustomed to withering single responses. So, so oh yeah. <laughs> so it is. How bad is I suppose? <laughs> like, I mean, look, <clears throat> it is hour two of an argument with your significant other. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Okay. Like it's not good. It's not, you haven't even crossed the threshold where you're both too tired to keep it going. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm drained and mad. And like now 
I'm just thinking of what my exit strategy is. Like, fuck. <laughs> Right. So for yeah. people that were talking about this like weird nebulous thing that you guys can't see, yeah, like there's like you know questions on like the drug church, like hey, can we do blah blah blah? It starts off like the agents' responses are like you know two and three sentences. You as you like scroll down, they become like two sentences, then one sentence, four words, no period, nah. yeah, no pun, no pun, nah. <laughs> Not sure. We'll check. This place uh, will get rid of the barrier. He and there's a few times Patrick gets referred to as Kindlin a few times in this, which is never good. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's the equivalent of them calling like this motherfucker. Yeah, and right. um, there's definitely a few things that say missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, missed opportunity is rough uh, because that's the that's the that's heartbreaking like one. Times when it says another missed opportunity, yeah, another missed opportunity is bad. <laughs> like. You know, Look, there's a lot like, of there's a kids. lot of unpacking in the ling- language, like body language. We're we're talking about language language. This is like tone is so. I've never read more tone in an Excel sheet, and, and like <laughs> like I've had to do them professionally with people, like the multi commenters. So this isn't new to me, and it's really this one's a rough one. Like I'd love to see the, the edits. I wish you could track the edits, and you'd be like, oh, this guy cursed oh. out, Pat. Yeah. Oh. That's probably true. Uh, <clears throat> shout out to our agents, uh, Jake and Eric, who uh, work hard for us uh, and are probably probably harder than they should. But probably, yes. wonder, probably wondering why right now. <laughs> but they're so, working doubly as hard as they need to, just because Pat's Pat. I'm. You know what? I'm going to Kimlin is Kimlin. I'm going to try to get an answer out of this. Uh, how much money we're actually if if we go with our proposed venues? I want to know how much money we're actually leaving behind so that the next time that we get an email that's lecturing me on not being in a basement or whatever the fuck bullshit, I could just forward like, that next amount of thousand dollars on the, on the, yeah, just so I could play Vitus four nights. Right. Like, it, like here you go, man. I just wanted to be around human beings and enjoy a show. So uh, now I have to, Fucking. I have to, <laughs> Mr. Gadgetora down on Sullivan Street here. I just want to play the basement. Thank you. Just want to play the basement, bro. 